You're listening to the Cubicles in Christ podcast, where together we thrive in life by using our faith to find strength, direction, and purpose. Full of wit, wisdom, and a little grit and grace, Cubicles in Christ provides the inspiration you need to be strong and spiritually authentic in all you do. And now, your host, author, speaker, certified executive coach, Kelly Johnson. Hi, everyone. I am so delighted to share with you my special guest, Vonna Matthews. She is a marketing and branding expert, and she's the founder and editor-in-chief of CEO Mom Magazine. She's a mom. She understands what it means to be a mom. She's just a Christ follower who really has a heart for community service and philanthropy and giving back. I know that you're going to enjoy hearing her story about spiritual authenticity. Vana, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited you're here as well. Um, just to give everyone a little bit of a backstory, we were connected through a mutual friend and just think that that's so beautiful about sisterhood, other Christ followers. And when you meet someone who has just a heart for God, it's always so refreshing. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. You know, I agree. I agree. It's, and it's always a blessing when you connect with someone and you have something in common. And it's like, oh, this could turn into a great friendship. So I'm excited too. So yeah, thank you. Absolutely. So tell us first, before we get into our conversation, tell us a little bit about your magazine. CEO Mom Magazine is a magazine. Um, for the most part, it's for mompreneurs. We say that our um, our tagline is, um, the publication that puts supermomming into perspective. So we like to feature and celebrate women who are showing that, not necessarily that you can have it all or do it all. That's not what we focus on. It's more so about you can still fulfill your calling and your purpose outside of being a mom. And it actually helps make you a better mom. It gives you a legacy to pass down to your kids. Um, and we like to celebrate that. So we are, in addition to featuring moms, we are like a resource hub. We talk about everything that has anything to do business and being a mompreneur and just being a mom. So we might, you know, teach you how to talk to your kids about money management to how to, you know, take care of yourself, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and then how to run your business. So um, that's pretty much what it's about. That's fantastic. And where can people find the magazine? You can go to CEOMomMagazine.com. There you can subscribe for a digital and print subscription. Um, and you also can just read it um, online as well on CEOMomMagazine.com. That's great. That's great. And I think what was so amazing to me, and I know that it was really a calling, a nudge by the Holy Spirit that caused you to even launch the magazine. But you started the magazine just a couple of years ago, right? Yes. In 2016. And to see the publication today and some of the high profile moms that you have interviewed, it's just amazing to see um, what, what you've been able to do that through obviously the guidance of the Lord. Can you talk a little bit about how did that, how did that come about? Tell me about your journey really um, to bring your faith and a life of purpose into what you do. Well, I actually started um, I wanted to start a magazine back in 2009, and I actually started the process, and I had a name and a mock-up, and I was going to call it 
the 31 woman. And the whole purpose of that magazine, it was, it was going to cater to women as well, but I wanted it to be a ministry tool. So we wanted it to be a magazine that talked about just everything it means to be a woman. But when you, when you looked at the cover, it didn't necessarily appear to be a Christian magazine or a faith-based publication, but when you opened it, you would be inspired and motivated. And, you know, for people who didn't know Christ, we hope to introduce you to Christ. And if you did, we hope to help you grow. So I started the process for that in 2009. And at that time, I just wasn't prepared. It was extremely expensive. I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the know-how. And God just put it on my heart to stop. And I really do believe that in 2009, he just wanted to plant the seed. I don't think anything was supposed to grow at that time. I think he just wanted to plant the seed. And so several years later, um, in 2014, he just brought it to me that I could, I could start again that I could start the process um, with doing a magazine again. Now, the interesting thing about it is I still felt unprepared. I still felt I didn't have the resources or know-how, but the difference was God gave me the official go. He gave me the vision. He gave me the go, and he gave me the name. It started out as Brooklyn Mom, and God, you know, just through prayer and just, you know, jumping off the cliff and starting the process, God said, no, we're going to call it CEO Mom. Wow. And um, that's pretty much, you know, how I got that, that transition um, with starting it, you know, two years ago. Wow. Wow. And I'm sorry, just in case there was a little bit of an audio glitch, what was the original name you were thinking? Brand Mom. It was wow. actually a hashtag that I had used for an event I had done. And so I thought, oh, we'll just continue this hashtag and we'll, mm-hmm. you know, we'll start the magazine with the same name. And God said, no, we're not calling it that. So, okay, I want to touch on that a little bit because you're saying you're saying some things as if they're like these conversations with the Lord and he's just being very clear, which may be new for some of our listeners. How do you distinguish God's direction? Well, that's a good question. For me, I'll say just to give a little bit of history, I I left my company um back in 2007 to start my own business from the direction of God. So I felt that God had called me to do that. Now, from 2007 to about 2014, God was just telling me to do things, but there weren't specifics. And the reason, you know, as a Christian, as you grow in Christ, when he tells you something, he starts to open doors and provide opportunities that they don't necessarily make sense. If, if that makes any sense, like he starts to do things and line things up and position you and introduce you to people and, and just put certain situations in your path and in your life that confirm what he's already told you. So sometimes when God first reveals something to you, it's not as clear. It's not clear that, it, that it's what he said, and it's not clear that it was actually him until things start to happen. But the key is that you have to obey. If you hear something, You have to listen and you have to obey and you have to move forward. And that's when he starts to really reveal himself and start to put things in place. You know, it it tells us that God um, honors our obedience more than our faith. So it's one of those things. It takes action and it it does take faith, but it's you moving after you feel like you've heard the voice. And, And sometimes that movement is staying still and it's it's continuing to listen it's going into prayer it's going into fasting so it's not always just doing the thing it's it's 
making sure you hear him by, you know, walking closer with him through prayer and fasting and listening. Amen. What would you say to, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot with this question, but there have been times that I know personally, I thought the Lord was leading me a certain way and it turns out mm, not quite so much. And I'm just curious, what counsel maybe would you give someone who might be struggling right now with, Lord, is this you or is this me? I would go back to, you know, what I said about praying and fasting. Um, Because when God starts to, because the interesting thing is that even as Christians who have been walking with God for a long time, I think God said this to me and God revealed this to me. It still sounds a bit crazy. And in a lot of ways, it, it, you know, it's still not something that I think all Christians are comfortable with. So when, you're, when you feel like you've heard him, I would suggest the first thing to do is to go deeper into your prayer and fasting. So that because that allows you to be able to hear him clearly. And when God speaks to you, he's never, and this, this, these have just been my experiences, it's never going to happen as you thought it was going to happen. So it doesn't mean it was his voice. It just means it, it, it's not, he, because he never gives you like these, this long drawn out detail. Like there's not this, you know, this five page, you know, blueprint. It's just, you know, you, it, it's, it's a, um, a mandate followed by your faith and your obedience. And that's when the details start to come out. So you have to always go into it knowing it's never going to happen as you thought it was going to happen. It's never going to look like you thought it was going to look. It's never going to play out like you thought it was going to play out. And so by staying in that in prayer and staying in fasting and then seeking counsel from your prayer warriors, from um, your spiritual partners, I think that's incredibly important because he will send people to confirm um, but you just have to go into it with an open mind knowing, okay, this is not going to go exactly as I think. And and that's always been my experience. God has never said anything to me, shown me something, put me in a certain position, and it looked exactly as I thought it would. Absolutely. Well, and that's biblical, right? So right. The ver- I, I'm forgetting the actual reference right now, but scripture tells us that Our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts. His ways and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. And we only know what we know. And he's the creator of the universe. So he can do things however he wants to. And um, what I have found, and I agree with you, that things rarely happen the way I I think that God is going to do it. But what I have also found is that as he is leading me step by step on a path, what, you know, let's take step two, for example, I'm later when I'm on step seven, I'm later able to see, oh, wow, step two was helpful for me. I thought that was a waste of time. I thought that wasn't very important. (laughs) But now that I'm on step seven, yes, it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. Do you relate to that too? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That's so funny. So I kind of dove right in into your journey, and I know you gave us just a taste of that, but let's kind of back up for a second. And what are your thoughts about spiritual authenticity, and why is that even important, do you think? You know, spiritual authenticity, I'll admit it's a term that I rarely use or really think about. Um, so I, I do love the question because I, I feel like it makes you 
explore um, your walk, if you will, you know, because a lot of times as Christians, you just kind of go, 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 go. And you get in the motions of being a Christian and in the deeds of being a Christian. And so I, I love this question because I feel like it makes you explore and go a lot deeper. So for me, I would say, um, you know, spiritual um, authenticity is being truthful with where you are in your walk. It's really exploring it and it's it's being real with where you are. And And what I mean by that is it's very easy to look at someone else's walk or to look at someone else's um, journey and not only compare yours, but feel like God should speak to you or God should respond to you or that your life should look exactly like theirs. And the Bible, you know, gives us the, the, the blueprint of exactly how we all, you know, who we all should follow and how we all should be, but that, that walk looks different for everybody. Um, he's going to call me to things to, to do things, you know, in a way that's different than someone else. And if I'm making any sense, I'll give an example. Like a few years ago or several, several years ago, I went on a mission trip, a couple of mission trips to Cuba. And this was back in 2002 when Americans were not, you know, you didn't just get on a plane and go to Cuba for vacation if you were from America. So whenever you would go, you'd have to get permission from the government and you would have to have a religious visa. And it was a lot of red tape. And we would go over there twice a year. And our purpose was, I worked for the Disability Outreach, our purpose was to go over there and deliver wheelchairs to people. And in, in that process, we would use the wheelchairs as a gateway. And once we would get in there, we would work with their pastors to teach people about Christ. The significance of that is it's illegal to, to openly talk about Christ or to, to evangelize in Cuba. Wow. But we were over there at the same time with another American group who would intentionally go up to and ask them if they knew Christ, hand out Bibles and everything. And our group did the opposite of that. And I remember being very young and asking my um, ministry leader at the time, why don't we do that? We're Christians. We're supposed to be proud. And, you know, we're supposed to go up and tell people about Christ. And, you know, and it was great with the wheelchairs. But she said, God has not called us to that. God has called us to have a gateway and to work cooperatively with the government. And this other group he has called to, to take a different type of boldness. Wow. And we're both bringing people to Christ. And I remember we would have several people after we would give them the wheelchairs would ask us, why are you here? You're from America, the richest country in the world. Why are you here? Mm. And we would tell them because God sent us and they would say to us, I want to know the God that would cause you to come over here to this poor country to deliver wheelchairs. Oh my goodness. And so we both were bringing people to Christ. And that for me is spiritual authenticity. It's understanding your walk and, and being able to, um, it, it's, it's your realness with Christ. It's your realness with God. It's, it's all about relationship. It's, it's, and when you know and understand your walk and what he has called you to and how you're supposed to fulfill the great, you know, commandment, which is to go out and make disciples, then you can be more authentic with others that you are reaching out to, that you are talking to about Christ, that you are connecting with. So for me, that's spiritual authenticity. It's, it's an honesty with your individual walk, not comparing it to someone else's. Wow. Wow. Okay. That is so good. I love that. You're probably one of the few people that when we talk about spiritual authenticity, a lot of times, and I think even more so for me, when I think about spiritual authenticity, I think of it in terms of the external. 
how real am I with my faith with others in public, in the workplace, in the marketplace, in the grocery store, at my child's school, whatever, right? But I love how for you, it's almost like looking in the mirror and being very real with the Lord about where you are. But there's a deeper level to it in that it's really encouraging people to not judge themselves, to not compare, to not feel um, less than if their walk doesn't look like Sally's or Bob's. Exactly. And and I I, I believe that because we're never going to, the way I see myself is I'm never going to be worthy. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to have what it takes to do what God has called me to do. Mm. So in order, I, I just, I'm just never. And he tells us that this is not your home. Right. You know, this is, you will never be perfect. You will never be good enough here. Um, and so looking at myself and being honest about that, and I think that's how you relate to other people. It's it, one of the struggles I have with Christian, with a lot of fellow Christians is that we do try to present this, this um, perfect outer appearance. Mm-hmm. And people can't relate to that. People who are lost, they can't relate to that, but they can relate to realness. Yeah. They can relate to honesty. They can relate to you saying, this is my truth and this is this is my walk. It's all biblical based. It's not you coming up with your own ideas of the Bible, right. <laughs> but your humanity, you know, and, and that being honest with that allows you to be able to connect and relate to a lot more people because we're trying to reach those who don't know him. We're trying to help those who do know him grow, but we're trying to reach those who don't know him. And I think that authenticity within yourself is what allows you to do that. Absolutely. You are so spot on. And and I think some people know about spiritual gifts, right? That that we typically have a more dominant spiritual gift, just like some of us are introverts, some of us are extroverts. And I know that sometimes in conversations with some people, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's just not my gifting or, you know, I'm just not good at that. And, or, you know, God doesn't use me in that way. And it always there's often sort of just this feeling that comes across that maybe someone feels like my gifting, my talents that the Lord has blessed me with, that he placed in me, that somehow those just are not that great compared to X, Y, Z. And I I just feel like you're really hitting on something that's really important for people to understand because all of that time we're using to compare or to evaluate and assess we actually could be using the gifts that we have to touch someone's life. Exactly. And I love what you were saying about with the wheelchairs in Cuba, God knew who that particular ministry should touch and would actually reach through the gift of the wheelchair, right? Whereas for the other ministry that was very bold and overt in their missions work, I'm sure that the Lord led them to the right people that could receive it that way, right? And I think the diversity of the kingdom, (laughs) we tend to think of diversity in terms of outward appearances, but, you know, there's diversity in God's kingdom in terms of who, who is going to resonate with what. And he puts those people in our paths. And hopefully we have the wisdom and the discernment to, to answer the call to do what the Lord is asking us in that moment, whether that's handing someone a tissue or giving someone a hug, right? Exactly. So, yes. So well said. Absolutely. So you have shared with me your 
career journey from corporate America to being an entrepreneur. I'd love for you to dig into that a little bit more because when I was looking at your timeline, there's about a seven-year period where from the time that the Lord told you to go, even the way that your former leadership team in the corporate environment, even in terms of how they sent you off and supported you, and then kind of the seven years later, how things manifested. Can you kind of talk through that, please? Yes. We're going um, going back to 2007. Like I said, in 2007 is when God led me to leave my company. And I actually had started um, my business part-time. I was, was starting the process on the side. I actually hadn't, I didn't have any clients at the time or anything, but I was, I had already, you know, got my DBA and was building my website and, you know, putting together my business plan. And so I'd already started the process. And the idea was for me to do what any normal person would do, which is to transition out of corporate America into a full-time, um, into full-time entrepreneurship. So that was always my plan. And I was going to give myself about a year, um, more if needed, but at least a year to, to transition out. And God came to me, I was listening to a song, um, and I can't, I think it was by Kindred and the Family Soul called, I believe it was called My Time or The Time Is Now. And so I love the song and I would listen to it over and over again. And I was driving in my car, um, actually during lunch, and God very clearly said, leave your company, do your business full time now, um, which made absolutely no sense to me because I had not planned for that at all, was never on the radar, you know. I knew what I wanted to do, and that was not it. And I immediately began to cry because I knew that it was going to be hard. For some reason, I never felt that it was just going to be wonderful, and the Lord was just, clients were going to come from everywhere, and the Lord had rolled out the red carpet. It always felt like, oh my goodness, God has called my name. It was was almost like if you think of anybody in the Bible when he called their name, there was going to be a wilderness, like Moses, David, like it was never going to be, we're going to have a good time. Um, and I knew that in, in that moment. And so I, I kind of had some back and forth with God about three months. I, I didn't do it immediately, but there was something, you know, he started stirring in me and I knew when the time came. And so I remember going to my boss and telling her and, and she was um, very supportive. And um, I, I told, I think I gave her two weeks notice and she asked me if I could stay just a little bit longer. And I did. And I really remember the VP coming in um, and just kind of leaning on my desk and, you know, he was holding his cup of coffee and he's a a great man of of God. And he said, so you're leaving us to start your own business. And I said, yes. And, you know, I'm nervous. This is the VP. And and he said, that makes sense to me with everything you've done um, with this company and in this department, that is absolutely the next step. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And, but, but him being an incredible man of God and, and being the VP, and, and it, I knew that was confirmation. And that's going back to God will send people, his, his people, to give you confirmation. Um, and so 2007, I, I do that. And I felt like from 2007 till, till about two, 2014, I did, there were no specifics. Like God would just tell me to do things, but it just very quick, you know, talk to this person or start this part of your business or initiate this. But there there were never any details. There was never, and I I felt like I didn't hear him. 
like for a very long time. And I started to become frustrated and I was tired and I wanted to go back to work. And I, I remember telling my pastor, I said, I'm going back to corporate America. This is ridiculous. Normal people don't do this. I'm going back to corporate America. <laughs> and he asked me, <laughs> he said, he said, okay, 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 okay. And that's just the way he talks. He said, okay, um, I just need to ask you one question. And I was like, okay, the pastor's going to ask me a question. I know this is going in the direction of God. I know he's on God's side. And he said, if you go back to corporate America, will you still be in God's will? If you can tell me yes, I will support you. Will you be in God's will working in corporate America? And I, I knew the answer was no. I said no. And so he's okay, do what you got to do. <laughs> but <laughs> I knew I would not be in God's will. Um, so for those seven years, I, I felt like I didn't hear from God. And in 2014, I started to hear him. Not only um, did he get louder, but he became more specific. And he started opening doors and providing opportunities that he, when I would tell my friends, they would, they would say, Vonna, you're making these things up. And I would say, no, somebody from this news station called me and they want me to come on the, their morning show. And I asked them, how did he find out about me? He doesn't know. And this person, I remember reaching out to somebody who was like this, she's a powerhouse in Dallas. I was so afraid to ask her to, to speak at my event. And not only did she speak, she brought somebody else. She's now my business mentor. She believed in me without knowing me. She's like, I just want to meet you for coffee. And she brought this other powerhouse with her and has supported me tremendously since then. And it was just things like that, that just made absolutely no sense. But all I did was obey God. And no matter how frustrated I was or how tired I was, or even how angry I got with God, because I got angry, I, I, I would not stop. Like I continued to obey him. And, and that obedience really, I would say, defined those seven years for me, which wow. is no matter what he said, doing what he said and continuing to move forward with his word is what, for me, is what, what kept me going because I wanted to give up so many times. Wow. Wow. That is so powerful because I think it's always so easy to see people's social media profiles and their posts, someone can easily go to ceomommagazine.com and see your beautiful magazine. And they're like, oh, wow, you know, she's a Christian. She's a believer. I'm sure God just rolled out the red carpet with the rose petals sprinkling down the aisle. And she just had a cakewalk. Not at all. <laughs> not, not even, no, not at all. So I think it's important what you're saying because we are talking about a seven-year journey of obedience and doing things that you don't understand and maybe not even necessarily always wanting to do it either. I can say that for myself at times. So I think it's important that as believers, we grow our endurance which I think Paul talks about that too, but stamina, endurance, and our obedience, because we are the microwave generation. We do want things very, very quickly. And the world moves at a very fast pace. So I think at times it's that lifestyle kind of bleeds over into our faith. And we have these time limit expectations on when the Lord should move how he should move, what it should look like when he has moved, and all of those other expectations that I think we place on him, which really just hinder what he wants to do. That is so true. 
So we're going to wrap up in just a moment. And I know that you have a strong passion around sort of understanding your calling and your purpose. And what would you like to share about that? One of the things, um, and and I believe I've shared it, but I, I, I want to emphasize it is that when God calls your name, I uh, used to go to Covenant Church, and I I remember Pastor Mike Hayes saying, when God calls you, if you're excited about it, and you're happy, and you can't wait, that was not God. (laughs) When God calls you, you're going to have feelings of fear. It's probably not going to make sense. It's not going to always line up with everything that you've done or everything um, that you've even wanted to do or, or understand. Um, so you're calling, and he gives us so many examples, like I said, in his word with Moses and David and Paul um, and, and so many others that when he calls your name, there will be wilderness. But I, I encourage you to, to continue to obey, continue to walk with him, and, and, and whatever it is that he has promised you, it will come to pass. I've been studying um, Jeremiah 32 um, in 33, um, you know, where he talks about Babylon and, and them taking over um, Judah and Israel. But he also promises that he will restore, that he will restore people, that he will show them things they've never seen before, that they will, be, you know, be one of, of mind, even though they've been divided. And he started to prepare Jeremiah by telling him to go out and, and buy land in preparation for the plenty that he would give him. So if you know that God has promised you something, he is not a man that he shall lie. He's not a man. Um, he, he will, um, his word is truth. And you just continue to obey no matter what it looks like. And as you, as you go deeper and as you, as you fast and as you pray and as you seek counsel, counsel from others um, to confirm, just keep pushing because God is going to reveal himself. And the thing that I had to learn, and, and I'll, I'll end with this, your calling is never about you. At the end of the day, your purpose is to further the kingdom. No matter what you do, your purpose is to further the kingdom. Your calling, your calling is how you do that. So when he calls you to something, you have to stay focused not only on him, but you stay focused on the fact that this is a part of changing other people's lives and saving souls and bringing others to Christ and allowing others to see God. So I'm very, very passionate about that. I could talk about this all all day but I'll try to I'll try to end with that but um yeah that's so good and I'm gonna post in the show notes kind of the the four steps that you identified milestones I hate to use the word steps because it's not linear and you don't get to step four and like you're done (laughs) with (laughs) with with your purpose um but I'll be sure to kind of outline those milestones in the show notes so that everyone can capture that. Cause I know sometimes people are driving. I have a lot of commuters who listen. And so they're likely not able to write down what you're saying, but it is about saying yes. It is about being obedient and it is about, there will be a wilderness and the importance, the important thing there is to keep walking in the wilderness. If we sit down on the ground, we're going to stay in the wilderness, but if we keep walking, <laughs> with him, then we will get through our wilderness seasons and that we will see the manifestation of promise. I love what you said about, you know, the Lord is not a man that he should lie. And I sometimes use similar sayings with my uh, kids, my teenager in particular, 
where, you know, he's in this transition in his life where he's, he's about to be an adult, he's about to go to college, and I will give him advice. And he's really kind of at an age where he can start making those choices on whether or not he wants to listen to mom or not. But I tell him, I say, how is my track record? What do you know about my track record as your mom? Have I ever given you advice that was not well-intended? Have I ever given you advice that did not come from a place of love and wanting the best for you? And I'm a mom who is so not perfect. I have a ton of flaws and I get it wrong a lot in many ways. And if he could recognize that in all of my shortcomings as a mother, that at least the advice I've tried to give him over the years has been well-intended and from a place of love and wanting the best for him, surely the God of the universe, our Jehovah Jireh, our Redeemer, our Waymaker, our Counselor, our Prince of Peace, surely his track record is flawless. Amen. That is, oh, that is such a great illustration. I'm going to use that when my girls get older. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, I, I feel like the Lord uses, at least for me, I can't speak to others, but I feel like the Lord uses motherhood as a way to illustrate his love for me and his intentions for me. Um, because when you're a parent and, you know, you love your kids with all your heart and you want the best for them. And it's like, man, my love for my children doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of the love that the Lord has for us. So yeah, call me when you get to, (laughs) when your kids get older. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Hopefully I can, all of my bumps and bruises will benefit someone else, but, um, I have loved having you on the show today. I do want to make sure people have an opportunity to figure out how to connect with you on social media. And I also want to make sure I give you an opportunity to share any closing thoughts. But before we do that, again, just want to thank you. I have loved this. I I knew that we wouldn't be able to go as far as I wanted to go. So we will have to find a way to have you back. And I also want to invite everyone to visit the Be Well My Soul Facebook page. There is a brand new Cubicles in Christ community page that you can connect. And we will be on Facebook throughout the month connecting and talking about the different show episodes. We're going to get together and pray. And this will just be a discussion forum for you and me to get together and talk about what the Lord is doing in your life. So. Fauna, again, it's been such a pleasure. How can people connect with you? Um, you can connect with me um, on Instagram at Vonna Matthews and also on my website at VonnaMatthews.com. And like I said, if you want to know more um, or read CEO Mom Magazine, that's CEOMomMagazine.com. And I just want to thank you so much for um, allowing me to be on the show today. I have absolutely loved it. It has blessed me so much. And I've enjoyed the conversation with you. I've learned so much from you. So thank Thank you you. so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And again, I really appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing, lifting up, illuminating other moms, other women, other moms in the spirit, even if not natural moms. I just love what you're doing. Um, to support women. So thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. You're welcome. 
All right, everyone. Until next time, don't forget to connect with me on Facebook, Cubicles in Christ community page. Thanks for listening to the Cubicles in Christ podcast. The inspiration and wisdom doesn't stop here. Join the Cubicles in Christ community on Facebook and let's keep the conversation going. For more ways to feed your soul and walk in purpose, connect with Kelly at IamKellyJohnson.com and follow her on Facebook and Instagram.